Hello, and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And if it sounds like I'm outside again, that's because I'm outside again. Um, I'm at a place called The Cider Press, which is a cafe. Um, it was not really a cafe as such. It's kind of, it's kind of you know, almost uh, in, a, in a weird location, a small village, just outside a small village called Deanhouses, which is um, yeah, probably only about a mile away from uh, where I live. But I've been on a walk and managed to come round the long way and, and decided to stop for a coffee. So I'm sat with a, a very good flat white, but I'm going to do something I haven't done for um, quite a while in, in terms of the fact I'm actually going to have some lunch out. I'm actually going to have a meal out at a restaurant. Um, I, uh, I phoned Mrs S and she's, uh, she's got a, a little bit of a gap in the diary, so she's, she's driving round and we're going to actually have, uh, I think, our first meal out since the last... Since last summer, I guess I can't think we've managed a meal out since since then. So hopefully the rain will hold off. Um, and you know, and I thought, well, I brought my mic with me. Maybe do the introduction while I'm here, which is what I'm, which is what I'm doing. So um, so consequently, it's it's Wednesday. So in fact, it's not Wednesday. I'm talking nonsense. It's Thursday. It's polling day, um, which will feed into the podcast at some point or the episode at some point. I'm sure. Uh, and there's been a few things that have gone already, but I've no idea how the week's going to end because obviously we've still got a, uh, a, a day to go. So uh, Friday's still a surprise to me. Um, anyway, uh, sit back uh, and enjoy uh, this week's Therapy For Me and we'll kick off as normal with a little bit of that twangy guitar. <laughs> So on a Saturday, I do football training with the uh, in the under eights, um, and I got home from football training about half past eleven on Saturday. And for whatever reason, I looked into the garden, and in the corner of our garden, we have a small patio area, uh, and it's not it's not massive. It's you know maybe eight ten feet square, enough to get a a, a sofa and a, a little sort of coffee table on there, and uh, and it's nice because where it is. Um, for a large portion of the day is in is in direct sunlight so um, it, I spent a lot of a lot of lockdown one sat on this particular square of patio but um, it's it's gone from being um, what I would call um, what what's the word characteristic in terms of the fact that the flags weren't particularly level to now just being a bit of a uh, an embarrassment or it got to the stage where it was a bit of an embarrassment and when you're at a point where you can't actually put a plant pot on there that's kind of you know anything near level then you've you 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 know that you've got to do something about it so it's been on it's been ongoing at some point that the the patio needed attending to and for whatever reason, I got back from football on Saturday and I decided I was going to lift the patio flags. So I lifted all of the patio flags uh, in, a, in, a fit of, uh, in a fit of excitement and a fit of enthusiasm. And by the time the rest of the household walked back in, because uh, they'd nipped off somewhere after football, uh, I'd, half, half the patio was leaning up against uh, the side of the house. Uh, and you just saw the remains and the residue of what was left. Now it became fairly evident that the thing had sunk, and it had sunk quite, you know, uh, quite dramatically. So it needed building back up. And I and, and I I got a few uh, of the, the the paving slabs left. So I decided I was going to make it just slightly bigger on one side. Um, so and and 
the whole idea had been when I obviously bank holiday weekend. Um, not that I needed a project because obviously, I, I, you know, I don't. I'm quite happy not having a project. But I, uh, the thought went through my head, and it's that thought that I guess this whole little section's getting to, which is, um, and I do this all the time. That that kind of how hard could it possibly be? How how much time is it going to take? How long will it? You know. How long will it take? Surely it can't take that long to lift some flags, resolve whatever's the issue underneath in terms of getting it built up a level again and putting the flags back down. Okay, well, I can answer that question in this particular instance. The question is all of Saturday and all of Sunday, finishing about quarter to eight on Sunday night. Um, Now, the nice thing is I'm now sat on the sofa on the patio and that's great and it's flat and from you know from the the, as you look out from the kitchen window towards where it is you don't look at something that is you know is is somewhat embarrassing in terms of its 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 kind of um relation to uh its its relations to 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 sort of level um but that whole that whole thought process of well look how long can it possibly take? The answer is quite a long time. Um, and also uh, with the consequence that I really don't like moving any part of my body today because my body feels somewhat broken. Um, so um, if you, you know, a little bit of a hint, if you spend a lot of your time not lifting things and moving things around and trying to get things level and, and doing things that generally involve construction, then when you do do those things, um, be ready to reap uh, the rewards of that particular activity. And of course, if you start a project thinking, well, literally, how hard can it be? Uh, Take it from me, the answer is hard. Tuesday. Happy Star Wars Day. I I don't know if, um, I don't know if I covered this last year i don't know if i did star wars day i don't know um when it fell and whether it fell on a on a day and whether it was was covered um i can't believe there's anybody that doesn't know now but obviously may the 4th is star wars day so happy star wars day to anybody that um is is celebrating um the the day um we've talked before and star wars has come up in the podcast and you know, I have that relationship with Star Wars that starts from living through seeing the first film, you know, when it came out at the cinema and having not seen anything ever like it and so therefore became somewhat obsessed with the whole Star Wars universe and it then becomes something that frames, you know, a large portion of a life in the same way that David Bowie didn't frame my life because I didn't experience the sort of the Bowie years all the way through so didn't live through that particular one but did get my life somewhat framed by by Star Wars. So um, it's worth shouting out and mentioning May the 4th. I don't really have a... St- well, I kind of have a Star Wars tie-in uh, for, for May the 4th, um, which is going to point you towards something that I've been enjoying over the last week or so, but it's not a direct tie-in. Um, though it does, it does allow the door to be opened for a little bit of controversy. So <clears throat> we'll start with the... Um, the, the kind of indirect tie-in. I've been watching um, three films, and I don't know if they are films or whether they were made for TV movies, I'm not quite sure, but three things that seem to pass me by in the early 2000s. And I'm surprised they passed me by because they star Bill Nighy, and I can watch Bill Nighy in pretty much anything. 
I think he's absolutely astonishing. I don't think I've seen anything of his that I haven't to a certain extent enjoyed and I can just watch him over and over again. He's one of the things that makes Love actually absolutely worth watching and he's just phenomenal in most things that he's he's in. Um, but he's made, he made uh, these three films, oh, they, were, they were written and directed by a guy called David Hare and they uh, and he plays a spy. He's, he plays a spy in the kind of um, in the kind of le carré sense, but but a, but more suave. Um, very very English. Um, you know, a little stereotypically, but but beautifully carried off. And there's three of these films. The first one is called Page Eight. Uh, and the second one, uh, Turks and Caicos, and the third one, Salting the Battlefield. And they're all on Netflix, and they're all about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes long, and they've got really, really, really good cast uh, in all of them. Um, Rachel Weiss is in the first one, Michael Gambon's in the first one, uh, um, Ralph Fiennes is in all three of them, um, you've got Winona Ryder and Christopher uh, Walken, um, in the, the second one, and of course Christopher Walken's being beautifully Christopher Walken, so that's always a joy to watch. Um, and uh, um, um, Graves, uh, Rupert Graves is in them, um, and Helena Bonham Carter is in um, the, the, the last two. And the, the Star Wars tie-in comes because uh, Felicity Jones is in um, them, uh, as I think she's in the first one and the last one. Um, so we'll get to that in a minute, and we'll get to the tie-in with her in a minute, and the Star Wars tie-in. But these things are these things are. I would really, if you like something that's relatively slow, and um, and and is, is made with a, a little bit of a sort of chic and a little bit of uh, a cool about it, and is nicely thrown together, um, and doesn't involve um, you know lots of. Uh, bangs and splutters and 100 miles an hour and shaky camera work but he's just he's just you know just just kind of put together in 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 that kind of more traditional way then um, I think you really enjoy them um, I can't believe they passed me by I'd never heard of them at all and yet this would have been the kind of thing I would normally have been drawn to so I'm I'm su- surprised they appeared but I'm really 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 glad they really glad they did um the Felicity Jones tie-in is that she um, was in Rogue One. Now, Rogue One was the first of the Star Wars spin-off movies that Disney made. And it, um, it, it, in terms of the bit of story, it's the bit of story directly before Star Wars actually starts. To, I mean, minutes before. Its end sequence actually um, is, is directly leads into where Star Wars starts. I think it's something like 15 or 20 minutes after that sequence is where we pick up the action in the, in the, fir- the very first stanza of Star Wars. So, um, so this is a, a prequel in, the, um, in one respect, but a side story in another because it doesn't necessarily, apart from Darth Vader, it doesn't involve that many of the characters um, from um, from from the A New Hope, um, but I'm now at the point I'm almost ready to say, uh, and this is a big thing because I'm a big Star Wars fan and a big Empire Strikes Back fan. I don't know if Rogue One is actually the best of all of the feature-length Star Wars movies that's been made, um, which is a huge thing because Star Wars is is you know 
as a point in time and as a, as a thing uh, in terms of its cultural relevance is absolutely massive but um as as we as we look at them as individual films then i'm maybe ready to say that maybe rogue one is my favorite and potentially potentially legitimately as a piece of art the best of the you know what however when we've got so far so i don't know if we're on to 11 now in terms of um you know actual films and side films uh and i'm not counting the mandalorian in this um but i'm just i'm just counting the actual you know cinema release films so i'm going to leave you with that for star wars day and um you can you can either dismiss it because you've no interest which is absolutely fine or you can come back to me in multiple pages of prose and tell me why uh, that's completely complete nonsense or you can just shrug and go about your business you know but um but if you feel you need to come back and and, and we'll have this debate in mega detail then i'd be quite open for that and if not and if the rest, and if, if the Star Wars element of this bit leaves you cold, then Bill Nye he rules and rocks, and I don't think that's a subject where um, there's any need for any further discussion. Wednesday. You actually couldn't make it up. Boris has literally sent in the gunboats. Um, I was wondering what you would need to do the day before a local election to kind of push that nationalistic nationally no i can't even say it nationalistic uh, patriotic button but sending the navy into the waters around jersey appears to have appears to have done it um i'm i'm not quite sure that we're ready to go to war with france i mean i know we have a history of doing it it, it used to be a national pastime um you know and maybe if i'd been around through those times maybe i would have thought it was a relatively good national pastime but i'm not wholly convinced that in 2021 war with france is the best use of our time and resource um and you know and and looking at the um i think it was a tweet that gary lineker put out you know obviously we have to think about the fish and all of this um but the fact of the matter is i mean i mean why now why, why, why are we? I mean, I know the Falkland Islands was a great, you know, a, a, a great piece of of um, prime ministerial PR. Um, but really, gunboats to Jersey? Really, is that is that what we're seeing as being the best way of winning the Hartlepool by election? Um, maybe I'm missing the point. Uh, in which case, you know, and, and if this if this throws me out of kilter with the fishing community, then I apologise. But then, to be fair, you know, the fishing community thinking that Brexit was going to solve their problems, it's already a flawed plan um, that I think everybody is now recognising is is starting to unravel somewhat. Um, but the rest of it, uh, I, I just I just kind of don't know where to start. So. Um, the sun's shining. I think I'm just going to close my eyes for a moment and try and forget the fact that we've sent the Navy down to Jersey. Thursday. I talked a little bit last week about crocs um, and about the resurgence of crocs. And I mentioned the fact that um, I'd been absolutely ripped for taking a pair of crocs with me uh, to all places, the um, the jazz festival in Montreux um, and 
And I was thinking about that the other day, and I was thinking about um, being over in Switzerland the other day, and it reminded me of the fact that we took guests out there uh, for quite a number of years. I entertained people um, by the lake for quite a number of years. And one of the things that uh, marked these trips out, though, in a lot of instances, when we went out, we went out with groups of people we didn't know that well. So on a lot of uh, a lot of occasions, these were people we we hardly knew at all, um, and you were building, you were kind of uh, building a group, um, you know, or trying to build a bit of a group dynamic. Now you didn't really need to build a, a group dynamic if you plonk people on the side of Lake Geneva, and take them to a couple of gigs in the evenings, and then party through till you know three, four, five in the morning. A group dynamic tends to happen fairly quickly, and it's the kind of unique place that you all you all you know you find yourself with one of those weird sets of shared experiences very you know within a few hours of being there uh and suddenly everybody's part of a gang that resonates because of that that particular thing that they're you know that they're all enjoying but one of the things we used to do um on the train from um geneva airport was we would introduce people to the fish game now the fish game is really really simple and there are hundreds of variants of it and I was reminded of it because there was a variant on Facebook today um, and the, the variant on Facebook today was very simple change about change one one letter in the name of a band and change the entire meaning of their of their name um, and and you know uh, I I can see how you could you could do that and I see how that works and there are a huge number of these things that you do and the one that we used to do the in switzerland was the there's the fish game which which was basically um it was a band or an artist but you had to have a fish in um you had to amend it so it was recognizable as being um the the artist but had a fish in there as well so i'll give you um i'll give you an example cod stewart would be an example of an artist where you put a fish in but it's still obvious who it is uh, tina tuna is another example of one that would would fit and work as part of the uh, of the fish game and we used to do this and we used to and of course what would happen is every single year 90 percent of what came out had come out before but you would get one or two classics every single time you did it somebody would come up with something new but it just became that kind of equivalent of an earworm over the course of the few days we were there and the point of mentioning it now is that you will now do the same thing you will now rack your brain and you will come up with an example of something with a fish in there um, because that's just that's just what you're you know what you're going to do um, and there'll be all manner of things that you'll you'll see you, you, so you now you're already doing it you're now thinking of the names of fish um, you're thinking of fish names because you're trying now to work fish names into artist names or band names to see what you can possibly you can possibly do. Um, I know you're doing it. I know you're doing it. I know you're doing it now because I've gone through years of doing it, and I still stop myself and work on on fish things. Occasionally, occasionally you'll come across one that's absolutely brilliant that nobody else gets, and. I did this one year because I came up with, instead of Goldie Looking Chain, I came up with Goldie Looking Fish. And I thought Goldie Looking Fish was brilliant and nobody else got it. Uh, and I still maintain that that was probably the moment in my life I was most misunderstood. Um, but go away, 
let your mind be dominated by fish and trying to work them into uh, artist or band names uh, and you're welcome. <laughs>
that you you know that you the politicians will do anything to to claw at power and will 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 just be interested in in themselves and that seems to have been accepted as the norm and i'm clearly behind the curve i'm clearly well behind where the rest of the public's at because i still find that outrageous but i guess that's my problem to deal with so what i will say is you'll have heard through the recording that i'm sat outside um and and i've managed to find some sunlight um and you know the the patio a week in appears to still be intact um uh, and i'm and i'm just about to to go and grab something to eat so i'll focus on all of those things uh and try and try and reflect on on what's gone on democratically this week in a few days time rather than now when it it, it seems to be a little bit too much uh, and i'll wish you a, a very pleasant weekend wherever you are uh, and i look forward to uh, i look forward to talking to you next week therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production